welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. So let's get into it. Mark chapter 4, reading from verse 1 through to 20. I'm not reading through the whole uh, um, chapter. Um, okay, so reading from verse 1 again, he went, began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables. Everybody say, parables. Now what's interesting, parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. In fact, the word parable comes from the Latin word parabola, from the Greek parabole. Now does anyone know, for my mass friends out there, and Wes and I have kindred spirits in this regard, does anyone know what a parabola is? Did anyone recall? Right, there you go. Lee's onto it. It's, if you study geometry, which is mass, any younger guys, do you do geometry at all? Right, I, could, I knew that would be the case. Right, so geometry is where you learn uh, about parabolas and quadratic equations, and, and I loved quadratic equations, and Fran knows that I, I loved mass, uh, and... Uh, but if you have a look, that's, that, that shape there is a parabola. And, um, but the Latin, which is interesting, is the Latin word for parable is parabola. Now, there are, can you think of shapes similar to that, who, which are parabolas, in our city? If, it, whereas, if you just put that up. And this, does anyone recognize this? Ah, where is that? Elizabeth Keys, and in fact, the, also the bridge is, is a parabola, uh, and so now when you go there next time, or if you haven't been, think of parables out of the Gospels. Okay, um, reading on, Jesus goes, listen, behold, a soul went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured, devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away, and some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on the good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, Who has ears to hear? Let him hear. And then he goes on to talk about the purpose of the parables. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Say mystery. That Greek word there, that word mystery that in the Greek is mysterion. Meaning it's where we get the root of the English term mystery. Mystery in the Bible is not something unknowable, rather it is what can only be known through revelation. That is because God reveals it. The mystery of the kingdom of God. 
I just recall Jesus, and I, and I shared this when I spoke last on living in the Spirit, where Jesus was in Luke 4, we read, where he was tempted. Um, he went into the wilderness, he had fasted 40 days, and he was tempted. And then we see Jesus addresses, the, the, addresses Satan with the word. We also look at Peter, uh, when he was with the disciples, Jesus was with his disciples, and Jesus says to them, who do men say that I am? And, and, and they say, well, some say Elijah, some say the prophets, some say Jeremiah. And Jesus turns to his disciples and says, who do you say that I am? And Peter's immediate response is that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, Peter, or Simon Barjona, he says, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And he says, Peter, upon you I will build my church, and I will give to you the keys of the kingdom. These parables are all about the kingdom and what the kingdom is like. And Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. And this morning... God wants to give us revelation as he gave Peter revelation and give to us the keys of the kingdom. Keys are representative of power and authority. He wants to give us power and authority in our lives that we might be kingdom builders, that we may bring the kingdom into people's everyday lives. When you get keys, if you're ever given keys, I'm in real estate and when I sell a house, I hand the keys over to the buyers and, and it's a wonderful thing they're getting, they're getting their, their house um, if, has anyone ever got a new car and you've got the keys for your new car what a wonderful experience that is or you, you've been given a treasure box but you're given keys to open that treasure box well this morning we're talking about keys of the kingdom we're talking about being able to Whatever we, the scriptures say, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We're talking about the kingdom of God, the spiritual kingdom that is over and above the earthly domain. What's interesting is that kingdoms come and go. You know, we've, there's been a lot of publicity around the Queen and, and her monarchy and how long it's been. In fact, it's, it's the second longest monarchy in history, 70 years and 129 days today. It's the second longest, the first being uh, Prince William, uh, sorry, first being the French King Louis the Twenty Fourth. He still remains in the top spot having served as a monarchy monarchy for 72 years. So the queen's on target. But let me tell you, kingdoms come and go. Now, if Prince Charles wasn't ready to line up, or Prince William to the queen, there's no more kingdom, because a kingdom requires king, subjects, and a territory. And as Australia, we're looking at and it's very likely that we're going to become a republic and no longer part of the Commonwealth and that. Now, we might have different opinions. However, king, kingdom, and territory. 
But the Bible says in Revelations eleven fifteen, the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kings of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall remain forever. That's the kingdom of God that we're in. And this morning is giving us revelation and keys of the kingdom that are forever and eternal. Now, my first point of three points I want to make, that was a bit of a, a long intro, is the seed. I want to look at the seed, which is representative of the word of God. I want to look at two, the soil, which is the condition of our heart. And number three, the sower, being us as we sow the very seed that is germinated and produced fruit in our lives. John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, if we pick up from... Sorry, I'm going to just go back to, to, to Mark reading from the mystery of the kingdom of God. Just picking up from them, we'll come back to that seed. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? This is an interesting statement that Jesus is making that this parable is a key parable. They're one of many parables. It's actually seen in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the only parable that's seen across all three. The sower sows the word. The word is the, the seed, and the word that is sown is the word of God. I read one John 1 and, four, uh, and, and verse 14, and it says, The word became flesh... And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the one only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let me tell you, folks, that Jesus Christ is the Word. And this morning, as we desire him and long for him, he will take root in our lives and mature and grow, and, bear, and we will bear fruit. In 1 Peter 1, to 23, it says, You have purified yourselves in obeying the truth through the Spirit. When I last spoke, I spoke about if we're just all Spirit, R.T. Kendall, theologian, said we'll blow up, but if we're all Word, we'll just dry up. It's the Spirit and the Word working together. In sincere, in, continuing on, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. There's that word heart again. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Revelations 19.13 says, speaking of Jesus and a description of him, Now I saw heaven open, behold, a white horse, and he, got, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one ex knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Jesus 
is the living, breathing word, manifest. And so for us, our greatest desire is not only do we want to be in his presence daily, but we want to be consuming his word because he is the word. He is the seed of the word. And he wants us to have a hunger and thirst for his word, an insatiable desire that we we're constantly meditating and living in his word and him being formed in us. Jesus spoke, fulfilled, and embodied the word. Okay, second point, as we read on, it says the sower sows the word, and then these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, the soil, as I said earlier on, is, is representative of our hearts. It's representative uh, of the, what the Bible refers to as our inner man. And looking here at verse 15, uh, the, we're looking here at what we call, if you like, as a point, if you're taking notes, the hard ground. In John 10.10, 10, it says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And we go in and go out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So we see here that as soon as that on the hard ground, as soon as the seed is sown, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. Let me make a statement here. And again, if you're taking notes, the devil wants to abort what God wants to birth. The devil wants to abort what God wants to birth. James 1.21 says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. 1 Peter 1.23 says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And so this morning, you may have never received Christ. You may have never received the word of God in your life into the soil of your heart. But this morning, we want to give you an opportunity. Every, every Sunday, we, we, we make, give people an opportunity to come to know Christ and to receive him into your life. Romans 10, 18 says, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart. That is the word of faith we're proclaiming, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We determine the condition of our heart. Psalms 51 is a lot of scripture, a lot of verse. But I'm very intentional in bringing this to you to paint the picture and put faith in your heart because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Psalms 51 verses 10 to 13 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. And goes on to say, Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. 
I just sensed this morning as I was praying into this word that not only it's when the seed of the word, when Christ himself comes into our lives that we're born again. But for many of us, we have heard the word of God. We've received the word into our hearts, but the seed has not germinated. The seed has not come alive. It's lying dormant. But this morning as we cry out, as the psalmist, as King David cried out, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. The reign of the Spirit will come. His life will come and fall on the hard ground and begin to germinate the seed that was sown many, many years before in your life. God wants us to be fruitful. We'll read on as we go. He wants us to bear fruit. He wants us to produce fruit and fruit that remains. In Chile, there's a place called Atacama Desert. It's the driest place on earth and one of the, and one of the planet's most inhospitable environments. But thanks to historic rainfalls, we've been reading a whole lot about unprecedented rain in the east and, and globally. But... but that thanks to historic rainfall back in 2015, the drought-stricken desert was briefly transformed into a picturesque garden of wildflowers and plant life. A series of rainstorms marched through uh, 0.96 inches of rain in one day. And it may not seem much, but it was equivalent of 15 years of rain in a single day. All that rainfall watered seeds that had been dormant for decades create an explosion of pinks, purples, yellows, and oranges. And in fact, more than 200 rare and never-before-seen plant species blossomed at Atacama. That's not all. Wait for it. The burst of plant brought about many of the area's little-seen native species like birds, rodents, lizards, and insects to feed on the new landscape. Doesn't it sound a little bit like the parable of the... Mustard seed, which we read later on. This morning, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I see it so clearly, there's going to be a blossoming. There's going to be beautiful colors by the presence of God. As you open your heart, you break up the fallow ground, you land the rain of the Spirit. You see, there's a number of conditions for blossoming and fruitfulness. There needs to be the rain. And we're going to get to this other point. There needs to be the sun. But there also needs to be wind, because see, what causes wind causes our roots to go down deep, so we remain strong. If there's no wind, if there's no turbulation, if there's no tribulation, the roots can't go down, become strong. And obviously we need the seed first, which is Jesus in our lives and his word. The stony ground, verses 16 to 17, these are like the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. 
Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. There's that word immediately again. Pastor Josh, when he started off this series in Mark chapter 1, referred to the word immediately. It's, very, it's all throughout the book of Mark because it's a, it's, a, it's a flowing gospel. It keeps moving immediately. 40 times, I think Pastor Josh had said, is throughout the book of Mark. But we see it again in this chapter. And immediately uh, they receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. And so only due for a, 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 a short time. In John 16, 33, John 16, 33, it says, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Brett spoke about peace earlier on, being in the boat with Jesus. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. Let us be encouraged this morning. There will be tribulation, but Jesus says, I've overcome the world. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18 says, For a light afflictions, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and external weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And finally, Ephesians 3, 14 to 19, For this reason I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from the whole fam- for the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of of God, that you'd be strengthened in your inner man, within your heart, that you may be rooted and grounded in love. See, when you take time to be in his presence, you take time to allow the Holy Spirit to fill you daily, and he reveals his incredible love for you, it strengthens you. It equips you, it empowers you, and allows your roots to go deep down. So when tribulation comes for the sake of the word, when people you are persecuted for your faith in Christ, your love for God will move you and motivate you to stand for him. Let me make a statement. If you kneel before God, you'll stand before anyone. Are you hearing me? If you kneel before God, you'll stand before any man or woman, anyone that would ever persecute you, anyone that will ever go after you. I tell you, there comes a security and an assurance and a strength when you know whose you are. When the winds of life blow, know this, that he's with you, he's for you, and he's not against you. Thorny ground, verses 18 to 19. Now these are the ones sown on thorns. They're the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word 
and the cares of this world and the deceitful riches and the desires for other things enter in, choking the word, and it becomes unfruitful. 1 John 2.16 says, For all of... For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Three things that typically we will face all the time, every day of our lives, is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The devil tempted Adam and Eve. The fruit looked good. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh, good for eating. And if you eat it, you'll be wise. Pride of life. Jesus comes, the devil comes to Jesus in the wilderness, takes Jesus up onto, he's, he's fasted for 40 days. I've been in a calorie deficit for, I can't even remember for how long I'm feeling it. But it's all worth it. Um, but Jesus had fasted 40 days there in Luke 4. And we see that the devil then goes to tempt him and says, why don't you turn, you're the son of God, turn this bread, uh, this stone into bread. And, and, and Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone. But the lust of his flesh, he was hungry, desiring of this. And secondly, we see that the devil takes Jesus and shows him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment. I mean, you, you think about that. In a moment, he's transported and shown all the kingdoms of the world and and the devil says to him if you just bow down i'll give you the lot i'll give you the lot and 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 jesus immediately says it is written you shall only worship the lord thy god and then finally he takes that's that's the the lust of the of the eyes he'd seen everything flesh that turned the stone into bread and then finally we see that the devil takes him up to the pinnacle of the temple and says, why don't you throw yourself down? You're the son of God. Doesn't it say that they'll lift the angels will lift you up? He wanted to have a go at his pride. He wanted to, to, to allow him to fall by, by throwing himself down. I'll prove it to you, Satan. But he says, you shall tempt the Lord thy God. You shall not tempt the Lord thy God. Lust of the flesh, the lust of eyes, the pride of life. And these are the things that we face every single day. These are the thorns in our, in our lives that choke us, that we go after and pursue. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this will, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. I just sense the Holy Spirit is just touching us and prompting us and putting his finger on certain things that we may be going after in our lives that is choking the very life out of us, where God wants us to be fruitful. I just th- thought just then in that moment, uh, it, I don't know if people seen that movie, Shawshank Redemption is one of my favourites, but he's making a statement, he's there, he's, going, he's in prison and, and, and people are making decisions, well, might as well just give up, whatever. But he says this one thing, he says, get busy living, I'll get busy dying. Are we getting busy living? Are we getting busy living or are we dying being choked by the cares of this world? Verse 20, looking at the good ground. 
But these are the ones sown on the good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100. You've been all waiting for this bit, haven't you? That's what you want, isn't it? You want to be fruitful. Now, out of a show of hands, just on that before I give some dialogue and some context to it. Who's happy with 30? Anyone happy with 30? 30 fold. Like 30 times what you, you, know, you put in. Anyone for 60? Well, there's a couple. You just did that because you just got to. <laughs> Who wants 100 fold? Give us an indication. We all want that, right? Gail does for sure. She's clear on that. But that's what God wants for our lives. That's his desire for us. We read in Peter, uh, sorry, Psalms 1 verses 1 to 3, where it says, As we meditate, as we receive him, the word Jesus Christ, into our lives, and we make him the priority of our lives, he's our everything, he's our only desire, and we don't have hardness of heart. We're not easily swayed or affected by persecution or tribulation or caught up in things that don't pertain to the kingdom of God where our, our love and our affection is divided because we're pursuing riches or we're pursuing the cares of this world or we're, but our first and foremost priority and our love is Christ. That's when the fruitfulness comes in our lives. And there's nothing wrong with riches and wealth and prosperity and all the above because the Bible teaches about that. It encourages us. God wants us to be blessed. But what's our priority? What's our number one? Who's our number one? It says in Psalms 1 verses 1 to 3, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scorn, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Who wants a life like that? Whatever you do. Whatever. Sometimes people have referred to me and, I'm not pumping up my own tires or blowing my own trumpet, but uh, but some people say, you've got a gold finger. Like, whatever you touch. And I, and, I, and I have to say, I say, it's Christ within me, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. I, I, I'm going to this new gym, and, this, and I was got chatting with this guy. The guy happens to be, his name's Gary. He's like a bit of a younger version of me. Not, not as handsome, but, you know, anyway, you can't have everything. And he's got two R's. I said, Mud, I only need one R in my name. He's got two R's in Gary. And he's got a younger brother. I've got a younger brother. Uh, his, his background is Indian. I've got, I'm, I'm Anglo-Indian, so I've got part Indian in me. The other part is English, if you didn't know, Anglo-Indians. And, um, and uh, you know, and he's, he's dead keen. He's entrepreneurial. His father owns a farm, and he wants to take it places and start wholesaling it. Well, he's wholesaling now. He wants to read. Uh, was retailing, wants to wholesale and go international. We're talking about stuff. And, and, uh, and then he says to me, we're on the treadmill then, I'm doing my 14,000 steps, getting revelation for this message here. And uh, did I say 14,000? Uh, sorry. Um, and, um, 
the pride of life. <laughs> very good. That was very good. Pride of life. life. Uh, and, uh, and he says to me, he goes to me, you've got this incredible energy. Like, what is this energy? And I said, it's life of God. It's Christ in me. And, and so I had the opportunity to share with him. Uh, and uh, so, you know, this is, this is what God has for us. When the word of God, the seed of the word, is germinated in our lives, but not just germinated, bearing fruit, blossoming and producing much fruit. Uh, in 3 John 2, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And I got my, uh, my friend Wes to... Um, you know, when you think about prospering, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I, I like to think of five areas that God wants us to prosper in. So bearing fruit, because we think, well, what's fruit? What is this fruit? You know, what fruit are we talking about? Being fruitful. But it's being fruitful in all areas of our life and our health, our, our finances, you know, spiritually. And I love talking about these subjects, spirit, just another message altogether, spiritually mentally, physically, relationally, and financially. But if you like it nice and easy, and I come up with five Fs. My favorite number is five, and we're talking about fruitfulness. F, all right, so I like to have all the, 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 like have the same letter. So there we go. Finances. The Bible says he gives us an anointing to create wealth. He wants us to prosper, because the more we have, the more we can give. Right? In fact, you get a lot of friends in Proverbs. It says you, those who are wealthy have a lot of friends. I like to get plenty of that, plenty of friends, and then I've got their ear. I've got their ear. Right? <laughs> get a bit of a laugh down the back there. Fitness, fitness. Now you think, oh, what's that got to do with anything? And Brett often reminds me, the Bible says, exercise profits a man little. But it does profit, I tell him. Right, But the Bible also says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and he dwells in us and that we're required to look after the temple. Right, friend? And we do everything that we can. Because the longer we're healthier and, and, fit, and what's that? A drink coffee. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Latte medium. With almond, by the way. Less fat. Um, and uh, so fitness, he want, if, the longer we're healthy, the longer we can continue to serve God. I, I mean, there are countless stories of people who've got ailments because of their own demise, and they want to go and serve the Lord, but they can't because they're crook. I'm hitting on something right there, but you know, you get my point, right? Faith. He wants us to be faithful and fruitful and, and make disciples and have a, a meaningful, wonderful relationship with him. Family and friends, relationally. That's prospering. He wants us to have meaningful relationships and, and be relationally sound and, and, and encouraging one another, be it our immediate family, be it friends, be it our, ch- our extended family, church family. And faculties, mentally. There's an epidemic of mental di- sickness in this country, across the globe. What does the Bible say? We have the mind of Christ. 
Serious, guys. We have the mind of Christ. Get a hold of this word. Get a hold of the sea. Get a hold of Jesus Christ, who is the word, the, fle- the, the word made flesh. Get him in your life. Meditate on that, and that will transform you. The Bible said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I take every opportunity I can to bring the word of God in whatever context it is, whether I'm in the gym, whether I'm in a cafe, wherever I am, I share the word. Now, I might package it up a little bit different. It might not be chapter and verse, but I bring it in a meaningful way, and it revolutionizes people's thinking. They go, wow, how did you get that? How do you know that, that wisdom? And I said, it's, it's all from the scriptures. It's all from the Bible. It's this, the word of God. We've got to get it in us, folks. Seriously, we've got to get it in us because it's not just about us. It's about the world out there. When we know this and, and can refer to it, we can share it and be fruitful and bring life to others. Whew. I'm going to have to land this somehow or another. Thanks for that pick, Wes. That's fantastic. How do we get more fruitful? How do we produce more fruit? By pruning, where the Father comes along and he prunes us. And it's not always nice, but when he does and he prunes us, he does that so we bear more fruit. And you might be going through a pruning right now. You might be feeling the pain of that. But let me tell you, there's fruit coming. There's fruitfulness coming at a whole other level. And I want to be able to pray for you uh, shortly for that level of fruitfulness. John 15, 1 to 2, and verses 7 to 8. I'm just going to read that. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear much fruit. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask anything you desire. Anything. What does that mean? It means anything. You see, that's when Christ is so much in your life, the very things that you desire and the very things that you pray and ask for is his will and they manifest. It shall be done. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. I've got a grapevine at my place. I've also got a significant avocado tree. In fact, Brett, if you could just grab me that bag just there down underneath that there, mate. Who someone say mangoes? Who knew Trust another Anglo in the house, he knew there were mangoes. We love our mangoes. Thank you, mate. Um, but look, I, my neighbor, every year he says, "Gary, it's time to prune the vine." And so he comes over, we make a time, and this is him, my next door neighbor Barry. And he prunes the vine, and, and, I, and I get out there and have a crack at it as well. And, and if you keep going through these, there's a close-up just to show you. Hey, that's, that's what's happening. That might be happening right now for some of you. There might be a clipping going on right now, but there's fruitfulness coming. If you just go through that, and this is what it looks like. It goes from that to this, and, and another pick. I mean, it's, I'm telling you, we're talking a hundredfold. It's a tiny vine... But when pruned, it is laden and the sweetest of seedless grapes. I mean, I think some, Joseph, I think I might have given you some somewhere along the line. I know you've had avos and maybe, I'm, well, I'm not, 
forget who I've given what. Um, by the way, um, so anyway, getting, let's keep moving. Let's get, keep moving here. And then, so we've seen the great, but then also there's the avocado tree. So let's have a look at some of those picks right now. So, so this, is, this is this week, uh, getting up, and hang on. Now that looks like a David Attenborough movie, Gorillas in the Midst. Uh, no, no. Uh, so my, my trusty assistant, are you here? Give me a wave, Rainer. Thank you, my good man. He, now, as you can see, I was up on the ladder. Now, Rainer is right up on the ladder. So I, I'm, this is the wisdom of God. Just send the man right to the top of the tree. And I was picking up the low lying, and Rainer went, Rainer went right up to the, to the top there. But you need a, peri, a cherry picker uh, to, to prune that thing. But after the pruning, I mean, ser- let's have a look. I mean, come on. Look at that. Now, the question's got to be asked when you see that. That's just this week, thanks to, to Raina and myself making a point to harvest. But, like, this is, you've got to ask yourself the question, where's one of those bags? And one of those bags are right here. Here we go. Look at that. And so, you know I love to give. You know, as Alison referred, I've got that gift of giving. Who's got the gift of receiving? Who really feels, oh, jeez. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is organic, by the way. Let me just tell you. Much better. So it looks like everyone's got the gift. I'm not sure what Bible that's, you're reading, but, but we're going to have an opportunity to give them out. And um, so let's do that. And look, finally, we're well out of time. The third point being um, the parable of the sower. Uh, sorry, the parable. We've been doing the parable. So the third point being the sower. Um, we don't have time for it, perhaps another time. But I, I simply want to say this. In 2 Corinthians 9.10... And if the musicians can come, or um, it says this: How may he who supplies seed to the sower? Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness? God gives seed to the sower. I mean, there's a whole another parable there about light under a basket. That with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. There's a title of a message just on that one parable, the light under a basket, use it or lose it. Let me tell you, when, when God has got a hold of you, and he is all that matters, the word of God, in the fertile soil of your heart, through your faithfulness, his love that is rooted and grounded, the roots in your life, producing fruit, you will be compelled to tell others about Christ. You will be moved and motivated. Your life of fruitfulness will speak, but you will be compelled to tell others. In 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15 and 20, it says, Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And that he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but him who died for them and was raised again. If we could have every eye closed and head bowed. I just want to make a call for anyone here this morning that may not have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They've never received the seed of the word in their lives, which is Jesus Christ. And you want to say yes to him. The Bible says if you acknowledge your sin and let him in, and say yes to him who will come in and make his home with you the incorruptible seed of the word will penetrate your heart 
and you'll be born again. So if there's anyone here this morning that has not said yes to Jesus Christ, you've had a hard heart this morning, the, the reign of the Spirit has come, and it's time for that seed to germinate, seed to be planted and to germinate. You can say yes to Him this morning and join the rest of us and begin this life of fruitfulness. Is there anyone here this morning, just as an indication, just put your hand up and say, yep, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want Jesus in my life. I want to bear fruit and fruit that remain, fruit that's eternal, not temporary. Is there anyone here that has never said yes to Jesus Christ? Just looking on my left. Your right. Anyone across to my right, your left. Looks like we're all in good company. Just while our heads are bowed and eyes closed, I just want to pray generally. Just as an indication, I'm not going to get you out of front because of time, but just as an indication, as I've been ministering and the Holy Spirit's been working in your heart, if you feel that you might be one of those soils hardened or you've, you've got choked by the cares of this world pursuing things that you shouldn't be or perhaps you're one of those that just with a stony ground you get excited but then there's no root and when you get persecuted or tribulation comes you wither and die if that's you just give us a bit of an indication I just want to pray right now just with eyes closed, no one looking around, just the acknowledgement with your hand that, yeah, that's me. I want more of Jesus in my life. I'm going to make the adjustments that are required. Yeah. That's honesty. It's great. I appreciate it. Wonderful. I'm just going to pray right now for those folks. Lord, I just pray that they've responded to you that you're coming right now and doing your work by your spirit. And Lord, that they will bear fruit and fruit that remain. And just finally, the last thing I want to pray for, if you're in the house and you feel a pruning is going on, but your desire is for much more fruitfulness, you've seen fruit in your life, you just sense God is so on this, you've seen fruit in your life, whatever that looks like for you. Or there might be areas that there isn't fruitfulness, be it your finances or be it your health or be it relationships or be it your relationship with God even or your mental health, your desires that you be fruitful as God requires. That's you. Just give me an indication. Yeah, there's a number of hands. And so, Lord, I pray right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would do your work as only you can do, and that you would rule and reign, come by your Spirit, and do the work that you desire, that your sons and daughters may prosper in every way, in every form. In Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.
Dans la nuit.